It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Welcome to it. It is Carcone Carnet. I'm James Van Hostel. Carcone Carnet, sponsored tonight by our friends at Siren Records McHenry, 3902 Main in McHenry. They're open at 11 a.m., seven days a week. I'll be back through this weekend. Siren Records in McHenry. This right here is episode 585 of Carcone Carnet. We are inching ever closer to episode 600 and inching ever closer to Carcone Carne being a car-based podcast again. Actually, it's not the whole story. Moving forward, yes, Carcone Carne will return to doing episodes in the car, as was the case for six years uh, before the pandemic. But I'm also going to keep doing podcasts like this. Yes, I want to be able to go to local restaurants. I want to talk to local people of note, interesting passersby, and put them in my car and have jalapeno poppers with them. But every now and then, there will be someone who I want to talk to who isn't from Chicago or who can't make it to my car. And I like being able to do things like this here from the proverbial home office. So I'm broadening, I'm widening the scope of Car Con Carne, and my target is to do that broadening and widening around episode 600, or if you prefer, if you're local, 600. My guest tonight, he is... He is just a pop culture sports fanatic. He is Rick Geezer. Rick, is this true? Do you have the largest collection of athletes-related recordings? I do. I like to say, I like to say I have the largest collection of sports songs, songs performed by athletes, coaches, uh, athletic figures in the world. But you know what? Nobody else is trying to claim that title. So I think I'm uh, I'm at the top of a very small hill. <laughs> In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Exactly. Exactly. But I I have a very great passion for it. I have thousands uh, of songs. And as we go along, unless you want me to tell you now, I could tell you how I got started. Somebody who's who's probably, um, you you probably respect as a broadcaster, got me started. Okay. And I definitely want to get into that stuff. It seemed like you were a dream guest. It actually didn't seem like you are a dream guest for opening day. I mean, really, it doesn't get more appropriate than sports and music talk tonight. Or is it an April Fool's guest? I I hate April Fool's. I I agree. I I, I think April Fool's jokes are just dick moves. There's mean. Yeah. But that's my opinion. Uh, So anyway, you are a celebrated broadcaster. You're celebrated government official you're a celebrated publicist you you have your hands in so many things what got you down the road of collecting this very specific type of audio well i started um i started in the in the late 80s uh because i was working at a radio station in indianapolis i worked on the bob and tom show sure and on famous, our famous long-running famous radio show. hall of famers and I, they had an AM station and I was hosting a, a show on that and we got a late night bra- uh, show on the station, Dr. Demento. He's one of my greatest broadcast heroes of all time. Oh, so we all like, remember, I mean, growing up in this area, especially in the Midwest, those middle of the night broadcasts, those late night broadcasts, our first experience with you know, Weird Al and Barnes and Barnes. I mean, Dr. Demento, like he was wildly influential on 
us miscreant kids. So many of us. And so I, I, I said, I got to interview him. I was doing a sports show. I was, I was hosting a sports show, but I'm like, I got to get him on. I got to talk to my hero. And so I sent his office a note saying, uh, do you have any songs by athletes? Anything sports related? And he sent me a reel to reel, which I still have, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of delicate. So I didn't bring it out to show you. Um, and uh, with, uh, with about 30 songs on it, and it just rolled from there. So I've been collecting ever since. Hey, do you still have a reel-to-reel player? Do you have one in your home? I don't. I don't. I saw one at Siren Records McHenry, the sponsor of this episode. I thought, I have no practical purpose for a reel-to-reel, but it'd be kind of cool. It'd be a good conversation piece for the house. It would be very nice. I still have my razor blades, though, to, to, uh, to edit. Oh, sure. I mean, when I started in radio, same with you. I mean, I remember getting the grease pencil out and joining yeah. the tape together and trying to make it sound good because you got one shot. Exactly. <laughs> and, then you're, and then you're editing, 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 and you realize you have about 200 splices on a 30-second, and, and it's going to snap. <laughs> exactly. So Dr. Demento got you set sent down the path. See, and one of the reasons why I want to have you on, I, I'm a collector at heart. I, I This is something I'm, I'm convinced I got from my grandmother. She loved to go to antique stores. She loved collections. She had weird collections like shopping bags and weird little Inuit sculptures. But I love the art of collecting. I love the acquisition, the, 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 the thrill of the hunt, the finding your great white whale, those hard to find things that you eventually come in contact with. That, that's what excites me. And well, I, the beauty of, of, of collecting music, of any kind of music, is that most big and small towns you can find within a short distance a used record store. You can find a flea market. You can find something that has old records, and you can just flip through them. And it's nothing more calming to me than to going through records. I totally agree. I, the whole family was gone. Over the weekend, I took myself to the, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's like the Antique Mall by Broadway and Granville in Chicago. And it's a bunch of little, you know, booths, antique mm -hmm. booths, and half of them have records there. And I just quietly went through them by myself. I grabbed a Devo record. I grabbed um, a Blue Oyster called Record. I find it very relaxing. Very that's, only, relaxing. that's the only, like, social in public thing I've done over the past 12 months is go to buy records. That's it. Right, and there's not that many of us, really. <laughs> so, so we will be socially distant. Yeah, plenty of room. Yeah, Six yeah, feet, no yeah, problem. Yeah. So, so, so you're you're a collector. Let, let's start there. It, are there? Is there a great white whale? Is there something that you've yet to find that you've been desperately looking for for years? Um, there's nothing specifically that I've desperately been looking for, but there are great pieces along the way. Um, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig put out a put out a record well back in the twenties. Uh, so would love so to get a copy. And I, be a 78 and I have it on audio, but on the reel to reel, cause it was part of the Dr. Demento uh, original Dr. Demento, but I've never been able to find it other than, and you could, and again, I haven't looked recently, but I'm sure you could find an audio version of it on YouTube or, or, or some right. other Vimeo or something like that. But but yeah, to actually have a 78 of that. To, hand to on your have mind. the actual item. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's, let's, I guess, start broad for people who may not be aware of what's out there and how, when you talk about how much you have, I think that's kind of surprising to people that there is that much 
content out there. Let's start with some obvious stuff that people probably are aware of. Well, shortly after I started collecting, everybody knew about one thing, one sports song, and that was... Of course. The of Super course. Bowl Shuffle. Everybody had that. If you lived in Chicago, this team was amazing. I mean, it was a national phenomena. So everybody had that. But now you talk to people and you say you collect sports songs and they'll be like, oh, you mean like the Super Bowl Shuffle? I'm like, yes, that came out in 1986. Uh, you know, luckily, luckily they had some chutzpah there. They weren't even in the Super Bowl yet and they were doing the Super Bowl shuffle, but, uh, they weren't even the first sports team to put out a song. Now they were the first team to get majorly successful with it. But I recently, I shouldn't say recently, maybe 10 years ago, I, uh, worked on a story, um, that ran, um, on uh, on ESPN.com and revealed some information about this because so many people, you know how the radio business, you have to add the record mm-hmm. for it to, to move up the chart. It never moved up the charts because it was never add, added, but everybody played it. It was just every no- format novelty played spins. it because it was yeah. a novelty. Mm-hmm. So it was never added to, uh, to, to the charts. Now, see, in the modern day, things would be different because the way the charts work are all detection-driven. Correct, so, but in the 80s, no. And see, it came in so many formats. <laughs> I showed you an LP or, you know, an EP and a 45. Here's the, the VHS. Then it was rele- re-released oh several years later on DVD. So it's been out. The but Snyder Cut. It didn't. It's four and a half hours. <laughs> That's great. But it wasn't even the first one. The 49ers put one out in 1984. All right. So that's a seven inch we're looking at, right? This, now. The, the, this is a seven inch. Yes. Now, that's the other thing about what we're going to be going through for a person like you and I. It's fascinating because we're going to go through a history of media. <laughs> we have this. 45s. We have to singles we have dvd and now now you can tape things if you watch the mass singer they have athletes singing so total tangential question does this drive your wife nuts well it did it did because i had them everywhere she luckily being an organizer got me some crates that i've now got them organized via um via sport because i can hear the conversation in my head like do you need all those singles really yeah it's, uh, I mean, I'll show you some later. Oh, here's another one before the Super Bowl shuffle. This is the Washington. Can I say Redskins? Nobody wants to say that nasty word anymore. So the Look the Washington that. team put out a song in like 1982, a 45. And, and those guys are in like a Spider-Man pose. Yeah. Like yeah. And this shooters, was their though. version of working my way back to you. We all know that. So oh, yeah. it was with uh, football lyrics, but we mentioned the, uh, we mentioned the 49ers now here's a beauty can you see that are we there okay i can't hear you james sorry a little technical issue it won't all right what were we looking at there we were looking out this is freddie solomon who played for the 45 this is a 45 in the shape of a football that's fantastic so these are just some of the wonderful things you can find. Uh, oh, another, here's another one that was put out before the Super Bowl shuffle, 1981. 
the San Diego Chargers with future Hall of Famers Kellen Winslow and Fred Dean. They were the high fives. And let the record show, this is still in the shrink wrap. This is. I mean, it's been open, but it is in the shrink wrap, yes. Of greater value to collectors. Yeah, oh, there's some. I mean, there's, you know, because a lot of them nobody really cared about. So I've got a few 45s, especially one by um, by a former Yankee baseball player, um, Rick Cerrone. Uh, I have I have boxes of them. <laughs> some they someone found them in a warehouse and I got them for very cheap. But forty uh, fives make me crazy. As, as a side note, I have a bunch of them, but they're frustrating. After three minutes, you got to get up and change it. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, people, you know, nowadays the you know all you hipsters out there. Okay, I know vinyl's cool and I love vinyl, love it. I love I love a CD because <laughs> you don't, or you can put them in in a changer that you can just uh, put in things you like and you can uh, shuffle it. Uh, let the record show I am a man of an innumerable amount of bad decisions. Got rid of my original record collection years ago. <sighs> Still have mine. That's what I should have done. So I'm gradually buying everything back. Got rid of all my CDs a couple years ago, and now as I've been working from home for the past twelve. 12 plus months i really wish i had all those yeah. cds i gave away just yeah I, there's something different about physical music and i swear i never thought i'd be that guy but just putting something on being that deliberate being kind of forced to listen to it from start to finish it's just it's a different yeah. mindset yeah i agree and some of the things it's just it's just so well think about it when you were a kid and you opened i remember the first album i bought which was, was which was um, Endless Summer, the Beach Boys. Nice. Classic. And so I remember opening it up because it was a double album, opening it up and seeing the artwork. And then one of my next albums was Wings at the Speed of Sound. Uh -huh. Or not Wings at Speed. Um, uh, Wings Across America, excuse okay. me. Um, that the, the concert album. And which again, like it was... Triple disc, wasn't it? It was a big one. And yeah. so you were able to open it and there was artwork and lyrics and it was just... and. Oh, can you smell those? They smell. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, but what I showed here, we were talking Super Bowl shuffle. Uh-huh. Those guys weren't the only bears who recorded music in that era. Walter Payton and William the Refrigerator Perry put out Rapping Together. I feel like I remember this, but I, the same I, I, think era. I, rem I remember that it existed. I don't remember what it sounds like. It's terrific. You can go to YouTube. There are videos of it on, on YouTube, so you can check it out. But also in that same era, Walter Payton put out a flexi disc. Yes, he did. For Kentucky Fried Chicken. That was a thing. I mean, back, I remember when we were kids, Rick. I mean, I know we're only 25, but I remember like Burger King would do flexi disc promotions. Yeah. Like, or you could get the Archies on the back of alphabets. Yeah, I, I mean, that was a real thing. You can actually get playable records from fast food chains like KFC Yeah, with that patent disc. That's amazing. Yeah. Also in that era, Mike Ditka put out the Grabowski Shuffle. This is a video of it done by the same team that did the Super Bowl Shuffle. The thing that's amazing, this is such a narrow field we're, we're dealing with here, like 80s Bears. And you have all this content from just that one team from that one era. Then the members of the Bears and the Blackhawks put out a 45 uh, 
called the Chicago Six. They were working. This was like a charity record for the CTA and a various. You can see some of the stuff down there. Coors and the CTA. Yeah, it was Dave Dorson, Dan Hampton, Kurt Fraser, Troy Murray, Gary Nyland, and Walter Payton. And in fact, they even did a live concert that's on video at the UIC Pavilion in 1987 and it was um basically they played in it and and sang but they also had a a pro band it was like remember the guys from big twist in the mellow it was that band yeah who were who were great they uh, they backed them up hold it up again okay that looks like like the main west debate team from 1986 (laughs) those don't look like professional athletes yeah yeah they are I mean, the you can see uh, you can see Peyton and Hampton and Dorson, and then the hockey players who tend to be a little smaller, but they all. Is there much hockey in the, in your world of collectible? Oh gosh, it? is there? Why don't you take? Give me a second. Let me go okay. grab them. Are they right over here? Hold on. Since you mentioned, hockey. I put them on the spot. Got him. Rick Geezer, owner of the biggest collection of athlete-created right. songs in the world. Okay, is I'm wearing. George, I'm, I've got. I've got uh, buds in, so I apologize. As um, Giorgio just said in the chat, the treasures this man has. Ah, oh, Giorgio, love you, Giorgio. Hey, this is one of the greatest things you will ever find, and you can find this on YouTube. It's Guy Lafleur, Hall of Fame, Montreal Canadian, and this is a hockey instructional video or uh, album. An instructional nice album. So it's all spoken word. All spoken word in French with a disco backbeat. This came out in 1979. It is absolutely fabulous. Wait, so there's a booklet in there, like an instruction. Oh, yeah. Let me, along with. Yeah, let's pull it out. It's La Fleur. Oh, this is magnificent. You know, and it shows different things. And let's find some. Oh, here's one. This is scoring. So it's in French. See? This is when the collector in me gets really excited, seeing stuff like that. Well, we'll have to hang out and play records sometimes. Absolutely right. And I have a feeling, Rick, this isn't the last time we're going to do this on this podcast. Well, and then another one that you, being the music fan that you are, this is a, basically a goon, Ken Baumgartner. Uh-huh. He put out this on Metal Blade Records. That's legit. That is legit. And there's uh, members of Fate's Warning, Armored Saint. Uh, John Bush is on it. Get out of here. Yeah, they all play on here. John Bush of Armored Saint, later of Anthrax. That's hockey. Oh, here's a wonderful, here's a single by the the Buffalo Sabres. Burning Down the Ice. Burning Down the Ice. Burning Down, of course, you know what it, and were the Buffalo Soldiers to to the Bob Marley song. You can't do that to a Marley song. You You can't, you can't. Oh, here's, oh, this is something special. This is this was for juvenile diabetes. This was um, the New York Rangers. Phil Esposito uh-huh. put out, uh, and, and on the other side this was the like Los Angeles. This looks like a Bay City Rollers album cover. Dion and the Puck Tones did that. <laughs> but what's really cool about this? Who wrote both songs? Alan Thick. Get out of here! Alan Thick wrote the songs. He's yep. Canadian, right? He he's somewhat. Somewhat Canadian. And then the greatest song of all time, holiday song, is by a hockey player. Hall of Famer, goalie, Johnny Bauer, 1965, put out this terrific song, Banjo Mule on that side, but on this side, it's Honky the Christmas Goose. It came out on Capitol Records. 
Oh, no. And uh, Johnny Bauer passed away a few years ago, but I was in correspondence with him. And I asked him all about what happened. And I guess uh, a a producer came into the locker room and asked every single person. And he was the last one. And he said, all right, I'll do it. Can you hold that that single up again? I love, I I find myself really appreciating the artwork and just layout of that era of graphic design. Like that, that fifties, that very simple. Yeah. That's the banjo mule was the flip side. And then honky. That's fantastic. And little, that's fantastic. And this actually in Canada reached, uh, it reached like into the twenties on the charts. It was a, it was a, it was a successful, uh, successful song. Does it count in Canada? Doesn't aren't Canadian rules such that there's a certain amount of Canadian artists that have to be played on each radio station. There's like a percentage. I think so. They always said that about second city television, SCTV, that that's one of the reasons Bob and Doug McKenzie, because that was the Canadian content. Right. So maybe that helped a little bit. It could have, it could (laughs) have, you know, there's a lot of great bands up there without a doubt. Yeah. What else you have, Rick? Okay. Well, it's baseball season. So why don't we talk a little baseball? Here's one. Stan, the man Musial put out, this is a, he, a Hall of Famer for the St. Louis Cardinals, and he was well-known for uh, his harmonica. So he put out a harmonica music book, and when you bought this, you got the music book, you got, uh, can you see that? Yeah. You got a, a harmonica with his, you know, a stamped autograph, and a, a single with, uh, with him playing harmonica songs, basically, Oh, Susanna, and stuff like that. Uh, plus, there was a trading card in it as well. It's fantastic. So, you know, it's kind of like it reminded me of like when, when we're a lot of us when we were kids, we had chord organs. So here, you know, here's the book. But this is one of my favorite pieces right there. That's and fantastic. it's baseball related. And it's baseball related. Yeah. Um, another one with some local ties that I absolutely love. It's a single or it's a uh, single. It's uh, Jimmy Pearsall. <laughs> Do you, everyone remember him? Fear Strikes Out, uh, the famous movie in the fifties. He 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 had he battled mental illness. Uh, he was a broadcaster for the White Sox in mm-hmm. the seventies with Harry Carey. Well, he put out this instructional video or instructional cassette on baseball. But you know, all the kids in nineteen eighty seven were loving that rap music. So he does no the Pearsall rap, thinking baseball. No. So this is quite quite special. Oh, that sounds cringy. Quite special. Uh, here's a couple things right here. Um, these are just some 45s, but everybody wants to jump on a trend, whatever, in, in culture, in entertainment. Uh-huh. And in the 1974, Hank Aaron was going to break the babe, the Great Bambino's ho- home run record. So a couple uh, athletes uh, put out uh, put out records uh, to, to commemorate it. Um, Nelson Bryles, who was a pitcher, for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, he put out this uh, uh, song called "Hey Hank, Don't Hit It Off Me." <laughs> Didn't want to do that, and at the same time, Bill Slaybeck, who was a was a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, put out uh, this album called or the song called "Move Over, Babe." Well, the first one you showed, that was on Capitol Records. That was back when record companies just were lighting money on fire. They could just throw money at anything. It didn't matter. Sure, we'll do the Hey Hank single. We'll, we'll press up 
15,000 of those. We'll see how it does. That could never and, happen. Again. And he, Nelson Bryles went on to record several tracks for Capital. Get out. So um, throughout the years, I'm going to reach for some more here. They're right over here. Um, a lot of people have recorded through the years. Oh, the big blue wrecking crew. We are uh, the champions. Sing, they, they had just won the World Series. And uh, they were even, these guys even appeared singing We Are the Champions on Solid Gold. So wait, you got Rick Monday. Who else is in there? Rick Monday, Jerry Royce, uh, Steve Yeager, and Jay Johnstone. Jay Johnstone who just passed away uh, Damn. recently. So, um, oh, not to be undone, the Chicago Cubs in 69 put out a song. What's really cool about this one is, other than if you can take a look, what's Billy Williams have in his hand? Oh, that's a beer. As he's recording a song. Is that bad? I don't know. Baseball players, you know, of that era were kind of guarded. And what they, okay, it's fair. just kind of funny that he, there he is holding a beer and that's the, the only picture they could get. Well, I, I just, you know, my mindset, I'm, I'm not the sports guy that you are. I, I just think of like AJ Pruszynski, like pounding a six pack before, you know, well, before yeah. inning stretch. But what's cool about this, this came out on chess records, chess records, by the way, Chicago needs to do a better job taking taking credit for the tradition that chess has brought the city for the for the history and the heritage well you thought for a while you know with uh, the blues foundation and willie dixon and the willie dixon's uh widow was you know working to try to turn the old studio on south michigan into an attraction but it just never seemed to really take off which is too bad i mean because every time i go there every time i try to get street parking when i go to c2e2 i I pass by that building and I, i just i have visions of you know, the Rolling Stones in the 60s, that was the first place they wanted to visit when they came to America. Like mm-hmm. the people that passed in and out of there, whether whether it was Willie Dixon or, or Muddy or whoever, like just so much musical, cultural history in that building. I Exactly. Ex- no, but it's very true. I mean, you go to Memphis, you go to Sun, Sun Studios. Right. And it's still, I mean, you, I remember seeing that for the first time when I went, went to Memphis driving by. I'm like, holy shit, like almost got, got into an accident. I'm like, there it is. Like Elvis walked off the street into that building. You've and, and and every time I go to Memphis, it's you know, even though I've been there a million times, you have to go and pay, or have I to. have to go and pay my respects. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, all right. So, sports here's Sorry. some more baseball rec. Oh, look at this! It is Ernie Banks put out a record in 1981 called Teamwork. It's a disco song, of course, it's about it is. how you know, again, you gotta, jumping on trends, yeah. Um. Another, uh, this again in the 70s, this is Ron Say, the Penguin, who uh, then went on to play for the the Cubs and was on the 84 team. He was third baseman there. Nice. He put out there. And then he also, you may have remembered him um, in that great movie called Q. Um, Q, it's um, it's about like a pterodactyl creature that's flying around. Uh, Los Angeles, and he's he gets eaten. So, by great movie that that's in quotes, right? That's italicized. Oh, it's, a, yeah, it's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, okay. um, the Philadelphia Phillies in '76 put out this one called Philly Fever. Lovely. 
you know, that's pretty cool. There's some seventies hairdos and mustaches. Oh, there. here's a cool one. A lot of Dodgers because they were so close to the, you know, the entertainment, sure. mecca, you know, put out stuff. Maury Wills put out this, but look who's playing on it. Lionel Hampton. Get out. And his band. I played love on that. I, again, I love the graphic design of that era. The, the simplicity. I, I love those old 45 covers. Don Drysdale, who also appeared in a Brady Bunch episode. That's he put true. out this record on Reprise Records. That was, you know, Sinatra's label. You know? Yeah, I mean, this looks like a crooner song. This looks it's like basically, it's basically, you know, a Pat Boone. This came out in uh, in '63. That's fantastic. That. And then uh, a lot of people considered this stuff kids' music. So remember the little golden books? Well, they had records too. So in the 1950s, they put out uh, this record. Oh my God! On collectible gold vinyl. Yeah, and it, it had Roy Campanella and Phil Rizzuto and and uh, who's that? Uh, Joe Garagiola and uh, oh, oh, and Tom Heinrich. Did the technology not exist back then to make baseball colored vinyl? If I, <laughs> I, if I were in charge of these, I would I'd make each disc look like a baseball. Yeah, that would have been a great idea. Uh-huh. Well, we, we showed the football before, so why right? not? Exactly oh, right. Here's one. A baseball commissioner put out. <laughs> he looks. Oh, uh, his name is Happy. That was about happy to say. He looks Chandler, really happy. He's yeah. the one who broke the color barrier and allowed Jackie Robinson, and he was the commissioner at that time. He was also a former governor of Kentucky and a U.S. senator from Kentucky. All right. So the question I, I haven't asked, and especially as you showed that, as far as collecting the stuff goes, is this is this a collector's market? Is there value to some of this stuff? Like the the seven inch you just showed seemed like it, it might be worth something. Uh, there's not as much value to it as you think actual, you know, because uh, there's such a finite group of people who'd be, yeah. 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 I mean, if you're on a bidding, you know, on an auction site, it it may be me and you, but, and we'll drive each other up. Uh So there's a few of us. So there's not that many of us. So a lot of us know each other and I've, I've developed some contacts in Europe as well because all the football team, the soccer teams in Europe, pretty much every season put out a record that's especially the english teams they'll put out so i have some collectors over there who provide me with some stuff and they gave me some of this hold on a second well let's see i'm just picturing this big treasure chest that you keep dipping into well here's one john McEnroe. he put out this 45 in germany highly strong highly strong that's the best name ever and again, he just plays the guitar and, if, you know, I don't know, is he still married to, uh, the woman from scandal, Patty Smythe? Don't know, but he was, but the, who co-wrote these songs and produced them were John and Dino Elefante. You remember, know that name? I don't. He, John, then what he was the singer for Kansas. Play the game again. Oh, uh, play the game tonight. Yeah, you know, sure. You know, he went on to that. Uh, oh, since we're tennis again, McEnroe put out this with tennis player Pat Cash. This is called Rock. They did Rock and Roll. You know the the legendary the Full Metal Rackets. The Full the Metal. metal ra- but you want to know who the Metal Rackets are? You can see some pictures of them right there. Recognize him? No. You can see his name, Nico McBain, drummer for Iron Maiden. Maiden. Holy crap! Singer Roger Daltrey, Daltrey from the Get Out of Here. And Steve, Steve Harris, Harris from Maiden. From Maiden. What, what I had they no part, idea this existed. No yeah. idea. 
Yes. So that's on that. Uh, Two fifths of Iron Maiden with McEnroe. What? What? You, you've just uh, turned my world upside down. Well, then everybody knows that all the pop music over the last twenty years. Where's it coming from? Hell, Sweden. Well, right. yeah. Okay, sweet. Here's one. Doctor Album and the guy right there singing along. Bjorn Borg. Get a, a, Wimbledon champ. Of course. Tennis legend. I remember, I always remember the name because of Saturday Night Live and Tim Kazarinski talked about Bjorn Borgasms. <laughs> oh my, there's a, there's a subcategory of tennis music. This is There is. Oh, and it's been going on. Yeah. Matt, uh, Matt's Vlander. He put out a record kind of, uh, more like, um, adult alternative type stuff. Uh, um, is there a Sampras? Is there a, uh. I haven't found a Sampras, no. Yannick Noah put out a lot. His son then played for the Bulls. And that could be that could be a Terrence Trent Darby cover. Terrence Trent Darby uh, and uh, and a Seal. Yeah. yeah. Um, then uh, let's see. Oh, back, 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 back. Althea Gibson in the fifties put out this record. Isn't that beautiful? That it. That actually is beautiful. Yeah. And it's on a on a major label of the era. Top. You know, that was one of those uh, it was labels that had lots of uh, lots of gangland ties. That's so cool. I love it, old stuff. And uh, so, yeah, we get stuff from every sport. One of the main sports that people have done a lot of music from. Do we still have some time? Yeah, I was going to say, why don't we do a few more? And then I want to kind of hold back because I think we should do this again. Okay, well, why don't I do this one later then? That's I'll, I'll talk about boxing on another one and wrestling. I'll, go, I'll talk about tough guys. Oh, I'll talk about tough. We'll guys. do the tough guy. Okay. Okay. The second you well, said wrestling, like that, that could be that's that could be its own episode for sure. Yeah. Um, number of things, but I'll just go quickly. Is that there's been some compilations lately. This big league rocks, <laughs> which is like a like a partnership with the players' association. And, oh, say, can we sing? And this is a bunch <laughs> of baseball players putting them out. And then, luckily, I was able to get the, the media kits for either as well. That is magnificent. So, which is cool. And then in the 90s, uh, NFL, the NFL Football Players Association was involved. And they put out um, in 96 and 98, they put two CDs out each year. NFL Jams, which is more hip-hop and R&B. And NFL Country, which is, and they would team uh, a player with um, with a, a noted performer, like one of the team ups is 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 like Glenn Campbell with uh, again I'm not naming the right one, but Glenn Campbell with uh, Brett Favre and stuff like that. That's amazing. Now I, I know we're going to do this again. We're going to do the Tough Guy edition. Uh, please tell me when we talk about wrestling that you have the original seven inch of Bad Street USA by Michael Hayes. I don't. Oh. I don't. Oh, there, there's your white whale. Okay. There it is. There it is. I Go get don't, it. But I do have a lot of other. I'm trying to. Oh, I have them right down here. I do have some some great uh, Japanese pressings by the legendary Terry Funk, who's my, oh my favorite, God. and and uh, the Hulkster back before he became what we all know. So. So, oh, okay. This this is see. This is you're a broadcasting professional. You know how to tease. You know how to keep us hanging on for the next. Plus, the Hulkster put out some records with legendary metal band Green Jello. I think I knew that. Yeah, that's amazing. Or Green right. Jelly. Yeah. Rick Geezer, I this is the fact that this is just the tip of the iceberg of the tip. 
the tip of what you're sitting on uh, excites me. This is this is. Let's see. Can we see? This is just some of the stuff that I. <laughs> this is just some of the stuff I just pulled out just to, just to have so I could read. Oh, I didn't even tell you about Evil Knievel, did I? No, so. you should. You should tell. Come on, tell me about Evil Knievel. Come on. He jumped cars. It was oh, amazing. Yeah. He was a motorcyclist, red, white, and blue jumpsuit. He was cool. He had his own action figure. He, he had, yeah, and he put out a he put out an album, and it's uh, and there's one track on it where he does a spoken word thing about life and why he does set to some pastoral music. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, Rick Gazer, I love digging into your collection. You know, like I said, I am I am a collector at heart. I'm a music fan, and this is a lane I didn't know existed. Well, and there was a lot of it that you didn't know. I mean, you're a music you're a music savant. I mean, you know stuff about music. You know, I didn't even talk about you know Jack McDowell and the stuff he did. You know, which is you know more in the alternative vein. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, didn't it, talk it, about Scott Pulley, who or Scott Radinsky, who is in the hardcore band Pulley. That's right. Played well, for the White Sox. I, I do remember McDowell was cozying up to the bands of the era. Like it it seemed at that time there was some bleed between rock star and baseball star. Like there was, Yeah, he did a lot of stuff with the with uh, Eddie Vedder. Yeah. And I, I remember for a while he was hanging out a lot with Mike Maceros, the bass player for the Smithereens. So that's awesome. All right. So we're going to do this again. Excellent. We, I mean, if, if you have the time, I mean, you're like one of the busiest dudes I know. Oh, I love to do this type of stuff. I love to share this. I, this is nerd. This is nerd central for me. This is, <laughs> I love this stuff. Cammy called me a nerd <laughs> in a good way. That, Wait a minute. She said, we're both nerds. That's right. <laughs> one of us, one of us, we accept you. One of us. Yeah. All right, Rick Geezer. Thank you for doing this. Stay on the line thank real you. quick. 